gentlemen welcome to world one one podcast this week with me we've got eddie v the chocolate thunder wonder from down under how you doing speed demon speeding on the freeway gotta get a leeway speed demon doing good why do you speed anywhere in chicago <laughs> Chicago, that shit doesn't move. Hey, I, hey like 10. I live an hour away from Chicago, so I can speed on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> and also with us this week, our maple syrup chugging champion of the world, Adrian. Hello, everyone. We're all doing doing oh, good. We're, we're better now that you're here. We get you twice in a row. This is weird. I know, eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I'm, I always hate when I miss a recording session, especially for that long. I know. You, you've you been missed dearly. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be back. Yay! So, this week, ladies and gents, um, I've got the reins, and uh, we're, we're going to be uh, diving into a subject uh, near and dear to my heart. I love me some futuristic racers, and we're going to be talking about it. Um, but before we jump into it, I want to start, uh, what's everybody been playing this week? Uh, Eddie? I just finished Gears of War 2. Um, my good friend and NBC Video Game Book Club co-host, uh, Mr. Uh, Anthony Cantu, helped me out. We started doing it uh, on X- Xbox One, and we pretty much did maybe 90% of the game, and we was having a blast. And there was just some points of it, I was just like, really... Real, some of the stuff that I was seeing, I'm just like, they really just stretched this game out for no apparent reason. Like, it, it really felt like they just threw a story together just to make games. I mean, just to make the game and just to make stuff happen. I'm like, this could have ended a long time ago, but uh, I did that. Um, started up Skyward Sword um, and about to really dive into that. Um, and then by the end of this week or probably tomorrow, I'll be starting Gears 3 so I can finish the Gears uh, trilogy before Gears 4 comes out. Awesome. Oh, and i also been playing um, Brevity 2nd on... Um, 3DS and Watch Dogs on PS4. How is Bravely Second? It's really good. It's it's funny. The voice acting is good. Um, the grinding is still amazing. Um, they added this new uh, technique where, or this new reward system that if you finish a battle in uh, one round, uh, you can continue into the next battle to get more experience points and money. Uh, but the thing is, is that if you don't plan it out just right, you can really mess yourself up. So what ended up happening is that if you just bravely uh, four times just to do attacks and you finish in that round, it automatically rounds you up to the negative where you can't attack for the next fight. So if you, you know, if you start off with it, you could get attacked like four times um, until you get back to zero. And I thought that was kind of cool, but I'm still just like, 
oh, okay, I see what they're doing. In order to really uh, use the job system that's in the game, you kind of have to know what you're doing in order to uh, to use this reward system better. Um, other than that, uh, it's a it's a really good game. I really dig into it. Nice. Awesome. Adrian, what are you even playing? Um, actually, uh, Tony and I, we first started the Mighty Number no. 9 when it got released this week. And, um, yeah, we, we've been in one, two, three, four, maybe five bosses already. Um, we've just been, like, Skyping and talking while we're playing. Uh, the game... <sighs> It's not what I was expecting, sadly, but it's not a bad game. Uh, some of the reviews are kind of on point. However, it's getting a lot more shit than it's really supposed to get. Uh, the game is good. The game is fun. It's kind of hard and cheesy in some points. Uh, makes you want to like just turn the Wii U and, and walk away. Uh, but it's still a solid game. So we've, we've, we've been having fun uh, playing that. We'll, I don't know if we'll play tonight, but... Um, we're, we're gonna finish it quickly for sure. Right on. It's That's weird. Just, uh, you haven't finished yet. You haven't gotten to those four-hour credits. No, we haven't. No. Um. On YouTube, there is uh, uh, uh I gotta find out who it is. Um, they've been doing the frame rate uh comparison between PS4 and Xbox Xbox One, and they've been breaking a whole bunch of stuff down. Like, you could graphically see, like, in the lighting on the PS4, you could see it better than the Xbox One. Like, they've been breaking a whole bunch of things, like the pros and cons of it. I'm like, wow, like, stuff I didn't even know. Um, and then they, they talk about, you know, the frame rate dropping on certain times. So instead of it staying at a consistent 60, uh, for both PS4 and Xbox One, it's been dropping to 40. And then they, they literally break everything down. I'm like, wow. No, it, it is true. The, the game has some, uh, some very big problems. There was a stage that, uh, Tony and I were playing a couple of days ago, uh, on which, uh, like, there was this very intense, uh, Basically, a race that you're just trying to complete, and the frame drops a lot during one of the parts, uh, which makes it harder to just like plan ahead where you are and what to do next, right? So, uh, yeah, like just like I said, the game has has some big issues. I think the only way to fix the damage is to release a second game that it's uh, that's just better. Yeah, and if anyone want to check out Digital Foundry on YouTube, that's where it's at. They're doing the uh, Mighty Number no. Nine comparisons, um, and the next one they're doing is the Wii U version. Um, I, I'm really, I'm, I really want this game. I really want to play it. Uh, we have copies at my job, so I might get a physical version. Uh, I, I don't think that I don't think that it looks bad. I would say I would say this: it's not bad as Sonic Boom is. So I don't know uh, why. Um, Sega or you know Sonic's Twitter account really came after making after Mighty Number no. Nine. I'm just like, hold on, wait. You've been having broken games, and don't don't nobody really want to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. But um, I don't know how Sonic uh, or on Twitter could come from Mighty Number no. Nine and say that uh, something is better than nothing, and you still haven't fixed Sonic Boom. And then you're planning to release a game next year? 
Like, really? How buggy is that game going to be? Because if we look at the review ratings for Son of the Hedgehog, compared to Mighty Number no. 9, I bet you Mighty Number no. 9 has, the, has done better than uh, most of the Sonic games. My, my I don't think so. Uh, you know, on the back of what you said, Adrian, you know, do you think we'll actually see another Mighty Number no. 9 game as much, as many problems as this game had just finally getting out, you think we'll really see them push for another one? Yeah, um, I think I think uh, they really need to. They they just need they need to make a second one, and it's it's mostly to. It's just it's basically like the second game will have to be an apology, basically, um, just saying like, hey, I know we screwed up the first time, we done some we done our homework and we've learned from what the things that we've done incorrectly and just get a second game out. It's the same thing with Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom they'll never fix Sonic Boom. They just have to make a second game that it that it's better. That's the only way you you really can do it, right? But the, um, the, the problem with that just is like a, one of my friends says you're you're only as good as your second game. The problem with the Sonic Boom uh, situation is that they said they weren't going to make another console set, uh, Sonic game. So for them to even announce at San Diego Comic Con that a new Sonic game is coming out, like they moved the whole Sonic franchise to to mobile. So I'm just like, how y'all, how you guys going to make a game for a console? And we still waiting for the 3DS when we're, fi- we're firing ice. It's just like you said for Sega that y'all moved the whole Sega uh, Sonic franchise to mobile. So for them to make another game for console, I, I would say this. If they do a second game to apologize for Mighty Number no. 9 for this debut thing, that's cool and fine. I think they just probably need to change the art style. That's that's a big thing. I do not like that art style. I just I don't like the way it looks in motion. I don't like the way it looks in stills. It just ugh. Yeah, but like the art style is just one issue. The game has many many more issues that are far more important than how the game looks that way. Right. Oh, um, you can fix the art style, but it's like putting a suit on a goat. Still a goat. Well, I, I think the the art style will probably help the frame rate, and it will probably make the game a little bit smoother and a little bit faster. Nope, it really won't. Trust me. I, I think I think so. I think if they I think if they change the art style, they could probably do it and make it smoother. Because I, I think with them be, the game being on Unreal Engine three, um. I don't know if the developers fully understood how that engine works. And I don't know if that's probably most of the problem no, they with the did. delays. They, they, they did. That, that was the problem. They know how Unreal 3 uh, works. The problem is that uh, they just created Unreal 4 afterwards. And they, they like the other company just totally dropped support on Unreal 3 while they were still working on the game. So they had to basically like start flying blind after that with an engine that is not longer supported, and you have to make a bunch of modifications, not support whatsoever. It's, it wasn't easy. Still, that was not. That, that's just one of the many issues. But why not just use Unity? It seems that Unity is easier to program than Unreal Engine three or four. 
it will have cost a lot of money. To do it will uh, have cost a lot of money. To do Unity? Unity is cheaper. Yeah. It is cheaper, but after you bought a bunch of Unreal 3 licenses, uh-huh. yeah, what are you going to do? Like, just drop them all off and buy a bunch of Unity licenses? It's, it's not worth it. Well, she then probably would have made the thing look better. Because, like, Unreal Engine 4 really doesn't look good. It looks sloppy and it looks muddy. My, my question is, why do you need to push something like the Unreal Engine for Mighty Number no. 9? I, I'm looking at gameplay videos and I just go, this would have looked great if, like, the behemoth had, you know, just gotten their hands on it. And, you know, done that wonderful hand-drawn cartoon art style, that, that sprite look, instead of trying to 3D render everything and made it look just terrible. Yeah, sadly, I don't think, I don't think they should have done for, they should have gone for a 3D, um, uh, game, honestly. Uh, if you go for 3D, like, at least at Polygon, like, kind of, like, old-school Polygon-wise, who probably be like a better choice uh, mm-hmm. just like like Mega Man 7 or Mega Man Carman or, or Mega Man X8 um, something like that um, however yes Unreal was not Unreal is not known for 2D platformer games so they should have probably gone for a different engine no cool I mean they, they said that they knew how Unreal worked and that's probably they were most the most comfortable working with the engine, but yeah, it's. You did. Tell so, I mean, it happened already. The game is out. The problems are out there. Uh, the only thing they can do is learn and make a second game that it doesn't suck. That's all they can do now. Well, here's open for that then. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. And anything else you've been playing through this week? Uh, a little bit of uh, codename Steam for the book club. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if I'll be able to, to beat it by next week, uh, although I'm kind of pushing that right now. Uh, I also got the Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp F, <gasps> which uh, I don't know if I'll start today because I want to play some more Mighty Number no. 9 first. Uh, so I'll probably start that sometime next week. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. I have to buy the uh, digital version because it didn't come to my job. We don't carry uh, in this game. I was super sad, dude. I was just like, where's Tokyo Mirage Session at? And, I've, and then I thought about it. I'm just like, oh, we don't get Atlas games, even though Nintendo's publishing it. It's still an Atlas game, and we don't get it. I was, uh, I was just like, oh, heartbroken. Super lame. Damn. That is really lame, yeah. I mean, and I could I could go to Target, but I'm just like, well, yes, it'll be under my Nintendo account, so I might as well get points for it. Yeah, maybe. <coughs> um, it won't be of a choice, to be honest. So, um, yeah, get get them coins. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, but I, I I am very much looking forward to playing uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions uh, uh, as well. Um, just like Tony, Tony and I have been talking, we were like, hey, let's just finish Mighty Number no. 9 first, and then we will just, like, have more Skype sessions and just play, um, Sharp FE while, while we're, while we're talking and stuff like that, and I kind of like that, but it can, kind of forces me to, to, like, just keep playing and not get distracted, sometimes when I'm, like, playing something, mm-hmm. like, my phone rings, and then, like, I just turn and I start, like, just texting someone and, 
I just lose track of time, just turn the console off and move on to something else. Uh, but like, yeah, when like Tony and I were playing, and it was it was just great because we're just like playing our own pace. Uh, we're always playing the same levels together, so we're like helping each other out. Like, hey, no, like change weapons around here, or uh, the weakness for the boss is this thing. Try this to to beat him or something. Um, and yeah, it was just like we played for I don't know, like a good four hours the first day, and, um, and it was just fantastic. It was just four hours of just mining number nine. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Session is is getting good reviews, and a lot of people have been enjoying it. So it's a possibility that because I don't think it's so well in Japan, but I think it's selling well here. Like a lot of people are really giving it Game of the Year contender uh, reviews. Like, and that's why I really can't wait to play that game. That, that yeah, no, really. that it's not selling well overseas. That that just seems like that is the market for this game. More so than here in the States, but... You know what? Like, it is and it isn't. I think Japanese culture... Uh, well, not Japanese culture, sorry. Because mm-hmm. that's not culture. Uh, Japanese anime is uh, bigger here than it has ever been before. In Japan. Uh, yeah. not, like, no, here in America, I mean. It's what? bigger than it has ever been, right? Like, you have... So many uh, like anime conventions, and you have yeah. fantastic voice actors, and you have uh, like great anime coming all the time. Right, like the summer summer anime, it's one of the biggest things uh, right now that I that I ever noticed before, and I, I I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Sharp FE is just selling so well because it combines it combines great music. Uh, great voice acting, great gameplay, right? Uh-huh. And one of the companies that people love the most to make RPGs, and like, when you factor all those things together, you just have a great game that people here are just loving, right? Yeah, it, it, like you said, um, Atlas actually sells more, I think, here in America and in Europe, um, because the thing with Atlas games, when when they first was coming up with the RPGs, they were the hardest ones to get. If you didn't go to the store and buy a physical copy, you weren't getting it. There was there was no uh, re-release, no uh, no future remix or anything. Once it's gone, that was it. So now that uh, Atlas makes a lot of money, definitely on Nintendo systems and probably more on the digital front, um, they just it just sells well well in here. And plus, they always put in the sale on their games, so that's more coins for uh, Atlas and for Sega. I think. Uh, we just needed an RPG fix uh, after uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, and this was this was just perfect. Yeah, no, I agree, and um, yeah, I, 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 that's one of the reasons why I went and, and bought it uh, on release day. Um, it was just because of that. I was just, you know what? Like, I know I may not be able to play this game for like an extra week or so, but I don't want to take the chance of. An extra week when I come back to the store and I won't be able to find it. Right. So it's just like I, I'll just like cut down uh, some, uh, some of my spending next week uh, just to buy it this week, right? So yeah, I was just just went and got it. I'm very excited to play it soon, though. Oh, I cannot yeah. wait to get my copy. So excited. <laughs> uh, so this week, uh, actually. Just earlier today, I polished off uh, going through the Wii U HD version of Twilight Princess. Um, yes. I, final assessment, 
I still like Twilight Princess better than Ocarina of Time. You can hate me all you want for it, but I still think Twilight was the better game. Um, that being said, having played through the Wii U version, um, I think I liked the Wii controller uh, setup better. I, I liked playing it with the Wii Remote and Nunchuck. The whole time I was playing through this game, my finger, my thumbs kept trying to do the controls for the Wiimote, like trying to hit the uh, the D-pad, <laughs> even though it was on the wrong fucking side, trying to hit the D-pad to like switch out items and everything, and uh-huh. it was just, it was weird to me. It wasn't terrible, it just, I, I couldn't unlearn it the whole time. On top of that, I think I liked having the pointer controls for things like my uh, bow and arrow and uh, claw shot much better than using the uh, the thumbstick on the controller. But that being said, it, it still, you know, it holds up. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, story-wise, was fantastic. Will always and forever adore that game. Um, you know, like I said, I've, uh, I'm probably one of the few that will put that above Ocarina of Time. And you can hate me all you want for it. But uh, between the two, it had the better companion character. Uh, it had the better story. And it had way more moments of badassery in it than Ocarina ever did. At least for, for me, for my money. But that's that's my experience with it. Um, beyond that, I also just stuck uh, Skyward Sword into my uh, into my console to yes. start it this, uh, earlier today, too. Like I finished Twilight, and I'm like, I need to play Skyward now. Is just watching everything on Breath of the Wild from E3 makes me really think <sighs> Breath of the Wild might somehow tie into or relate to Skyward. Skyward. Um, I've, I've just got this hunch, and unfortunately, I've never gotten real far into Skyward. I bought it a couple years ago, and um, I, I put it down because I bought it like five days Mario Kart 8 came out, and uh, then I picked up Mario Kart 8, I played the ever-living crap out of it, and I put Skyward down, and I never went back to it, so I'm starting fresh with Skyward, and um, initial impressions are, oh my god, the beginning is so much better than the beginning of Twilight Princess, holy crap, the opening to Twilight, as much as I love that game, is still god-awful, um, the opening for Skyward was much, much more enjoyable to go through. Um, it, it felt le- so much less just trudgy. Um, beyond that, I'm really anxious to start actually getting into the dungeons. I've heard very, very good things about it over the years. Yes. I'm, I'm jonesing to play it. I'm, I'm itching to check out the story. Um, it just Overall, it looks wonderful, and I don't know why so many people bitch about it. So... At least from the little bit that I've played so far, I'm like, I don't see the problem here. Frankly, I'm seeing a lot of things in this that I think are, are being picked up and expanded upon in Breath of the Wild from what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's all excited about Breath of the Wild, and I I still hear so much hate for Skyward. And I, I can't figure it out. That shit makes no sense to me. But I'll, I'll be working on it more this week, and we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll probably play along with you, Larry, because, uh, like I said, I'm, since I started it up, uh, I'm about to start the race uh, 
with my bird because I just got him back. So I'm still at the beginning. Uh, but yeah, I'm probably going to start with you. Uh, and I I'm can't wait. Than you, truth be told. So. Uh, I, I will say this. Um, I still. I still think it's one of the best Zelda games that I play. I love Wind Waker. I love Ocarina of Time, and I love Twilight Princess. I love The Legend of Zelda. I like Link to the Past, Link Awakening, and uh, Link Between Worlds. Like I just love the Legend of Zelda franchise, but I just think that something about Skyward Sword just it, it's so breathtaking to me that I just I some, I tell a lot of people that I put it as my number one Zelda. Now Breath of the Wild is probably gonna knock that out. Out of the way once it come out, but yeah, there's just something about uh, Skyward Sword that I sh- that's just it just grabs me, and uh, I can't wait for you to experience this game. I'm I'm excited to. Um, I'm just getting into the Farron Woods, so like I said, I'm not real deep into this yet, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to finally actually getting through it, and I have a feeling that once I finish this, um. I'm probably going to finally take a crack at Wind Waker as well. Wind Waker one that I've started a couple times, never got real far into, and always just put down and never finished. So I will probably get into Wind Waker after Skyward, assuming I'm not full-on Zelda burnt out for a while. Um, beyond that, though... Um, I went back to tinkering around with uh, Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet on my 360 for a little while earlier this week as well, too, um, which I, I I love. I think it's an adorable little game. Um, it, it didn't get a whole lot of love when it came out. Um, you know, everyone was expecting, like, this full-blown Metroidvania thing, and it's uh-huh. it's got that kind of feel to it, but it's it's not exactly that. It's kind of like Metroid with a UFO, if that makes any sense. And so, you know, you're, you're not constricted uh, map-wise by, you know, gravity. And so it's more to do with the the mechanisms that you're attaching to your UFO. I, I enjoy it. I like the ambiance of the game. And I, I use that word very carefully because it's it's a game that, isn't real heavy on super intensity. For the most part, you're, it's really more about ambiance. Um, but I, I like it. It's, it's fun. Um, the art style, I thought, was, while minimalistic, it looked really good for the game. Very enjoyable. Um, I like how it delivers little snippets of video clips to, to tell what little story there is. Not that there has to be any, other than just it's a UFO and it's fun. Um, but it's I like it. You know, it's it's not terribly expensive. Um, I, I don't think it deserved all the hate, or all the, the negative reviews, not even necessarily hate, but just like I said, it, it didn't review well when it came out, and for the life of me, I've played through it repeatedly before and it's one that I will continue to go back to because I thought it was fun, and I just don't get why it didn't do as well as it did. But I think, much like Mighty Number no. 9, I think it had more to do with um, expectations of the game versus the reality when it came out. You know, a lot yeah. of games do that. Like, at that time, it might not review well, and people might just have different opinions and views about it. But I think if you give it, like, a couple of months and or you know, wait for a sale maybe later down the line or even like 
games with gold or PlayStation uh, Flash or something like that. If you go back to some of the older games, and you might actually end up enjoying it and just be like, I don't understand why people find a problem with it. Yeah, once uh, once the hype trains left the station, it, uh, it's suddenly more enjoyable. But... Yeah. yeah, you know what? Uh, like expectation on games is always a big thing, but I, mm-hmm. it's also it's also the having too much faith on on reviews, right? Like for Mighty Number no. Nine, yes, some of the reviews are kind of on point, but I still think it's a game you have to play first before passing judgment on it just because of a review. Just give it a try. I think the game I, digitally selling for like what for like twenty bucks. Yeah, that's not a bad price for that game. Uh, I've been again. I've been judging games uh, for a price from a price point perspective, just like Larry said. And like twenty bucks for that game, it's not bad. Now, if if, if you pay more than that, like thirty or forty. Oh, uh, that's a bit steep. I mean, but twenty is not terrible. And I see, I'm playing. I probably end up paying like twenty four ninety nine or whatever it is at the store, like getting the physical copy because I feel like I feel like I'd rather support this and see, just like you said, Adrian, bring out another a second one because I feel like if I don't support it, I'm not going to see that second one. Capcom still, money number nine didn't prove that why Mega Man is not coming out from Capcom. That has money number nine has nothing to do with Mega Man. If Capcom wants to do a Mega Man game, they're allowed to do it. I I I'd rather support more of Mighty Number no. Nine than I will Mega Man. Because I know at least with Mighty Number no. Nine, they could fix the things and they can make it better. With Mega Man, I don't think they could fix Mega Man. People just want another one to come out. They never, they never said what to change or what they would want out of a Mega Man game. They just want another Mega Man game. I mean, no, I think, because you don't have to change anything on Mega Man. You just have to make another Mega Man game. Mega Man games are awesome. You just need another one. Well, yeah, they're awesome, but but you know, I, I think people don't want Mega Man to evolve, and I feel like it kind of does. I mean, they could bring out a Mega a Mega Man X if they want to, um, for like a in the, like a download or something. But we're not going to get another Mega Man game. They got to still give us Mega Man Legends three <laughs> before we get a two D Mega Man. <laughs> I don't really care about the Megan series. Uh, I would say, think back, you know, um, last console generation, we got both Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10. And everybody played them on the Wii. <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I think that was a great place to play it. Um, for, for my money, if I'm playing an old school NES type game, mm-hmm. I like playing it on the Wii. I'm one of those weird people that I thought flipping the Wiimote sideways and having that NES style controller was great. I liked it. Yeah. I agree. No, I like it too. Depending on the game, though, like some games, I don't think it really works. But for Mega Man, yes, it probably did. Oh, yeah. So, but um, that's what I've been playing, and I, it sounds like we've made the rounds. So um, this week, Futuristic Racers, um, a seemingly nearly extinct genre at this point. Um, I have some uh, wonderfully. What is sorry that? About that. That's my cell phone going off because I didn't turn my shit on vibrate. Oops. Happens. Um, but in any case, um, you know, this is a genre that at one point was thriving really well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially right around the uh, the 64 PlayStation era, um, and, and even some into the... Uh, actually, it did fairly well uh, even into the PlayStation 2 and uh, GameCube and Xbox era, and then just seemed to vanish. Um, but we, we can trace roots all the way back to the Super Nintendo, um, starting with uh, F-Zero on the Super Nintendo, um, you know... One of the uh, one of the biggest introductions of uh, Mode Seven, um, between that and uh, Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. Yes. Um, go. Um, I kind of want to go further than uh, a little back behind that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if this is part of it or if people could get the idea. But Battletoads, where you're on those little. Yeah. Uh, uh, the motor, yeah, the hover bikes. The hover bikes, and you have to jump and kind of pay attention because it was fast. And um, yep. when you think of futuristic racers, you think of speed. You know, of course, the tracks are going to be amazing, going to be very creative, um, but you just really think of speed. And I was, when we were talking about, uh, brought this topic up, like Battletoads, for some unknown reason, came to my mind. And that was the first thing I thought because when I played Battletoads, that little hoverbike thing was hard as ever. Hell yeah, it was. That shit was tough as nails. Like, you had to have that memorized. Yeah, you know what? I, um, just going back to, to, to what you said about the genre just being extinct or that just disappeared for a while or has disappeared since then. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I think it's because futuristic racers aren't as easy to make as, you know, like either traditional racing games, um, driving simulators, or, you know, just... Arcade games. Funny, funny, funny racing games like Mario Kart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they, they, they have a lot more work. Uh, you have to put a lot more work uh, into them to make, to make them right. However, um, the well was last year we got a was it this year or last year? Last year. Was this year? Last, last year. year uh, Fast Racing Neo. Yep. Yeah, Fast Racing Neo. Okay, last year, yeah. Um, yeah, we got that game and it was a spiritual successor to uh, you know F Zero and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Wipeout, right? Wipeout. Yeah, Wipeout. And you know what? Like it was fun. Like I played on my friend's house. We play uh, co op, not co op, just uh, Grand Prix against each other a lot. And it was fun. It was super fantastic. Uh, the voice actor was for the announcements was the same guy as he did the voice on F Zero um, GX on the GameCube. So that was great. It was uh, like it really felt at home on the Wii U as well too. However, I think I mean this may be just me, but one of the reasons I didn't like Wipeout and I don't like Fast Racing Neo as much as just F Zero. Um, it's because I think it lacks uh, some personality. Like on F-Zero, you have the cars that are all so different and they vary so much on the sign. You have the drivers themselves that drive those cars. They have, they're have they so very different. They have their own bios. And like you want to know more about them. That, that makes F-Zero stand out way more for me than any of the other games. Um and I, I think if if Fast Racing Neo had some of that built in, 
and I am again. I'm not talking about like a story mode or or like a first uh, like a just one first uh, campaign or something like that. Right. I'm, I'm just talking, you know, just just profiles, right? That I can check um, after I unlock something, or I can just go into the menu or something, find that out there. Right? Like just something more to like keep me engaged and like oh, like I I, I kind of want to just play with this guy because he's. The way he is, it kind of sounds mm-hmm. like me. So, like, I'm just gonna play as him, or oh no, I'll play as this dude because I really like the design of his car, right? Like, F Zero is just like full of personality, and I think that's missing um, uh, some of the other games, sadly. And maybe that's because we haven't seen, oh, that's why we haven't seen one, like another one for a while, and probably why we won't see an F Zero until sometime during the next life cycle. Just Nintendo's probably trying to figure out, hey, what can we do different that we haven't done before, uh, especially with Mario Kart 8 introducing Antigraph. Uh What can we do that we haven't done before, and like, what characters can we now bring into this world to make, just to make things you know new and, and fun again? Well, with F Zero, they would have to give it to another developer. Because I think Nintendo's not really interested in making that style of racing since Mario, since the Mario Kart series is completely successful. Now, my thing will be if they do do it, of course, give it to Nepco. They're like one of the kings of racing games within the arcade, within the PlayStation, uh, uh, era. Like, they know their racing games. I would trust them to make an F-Zero game, um, than anybody else. So I think if they do break it, I think they'll probably partner up with Nelco Bandai again and have them do it. And then I think Nelco Bandai could really bring an awesome, somewhat arcadey feel to it, but still that hard difficulty that the F Zero is known for. Yeah, maybe. And that, that, that is a very fair point. I mean, Nanko and Nintendo have very close relationships right now. Uh, with Smash that came out, they, they really helped on that. And uh, Pac-Man being again big in the Smash too, so uh, they they totally should. Maybe that's that's the way to go. Just give it to, um, just give it to Namco and let them uh, co-develop that with uh, with Nintendo. However, again, just like I said, I, I think it's kind of hard to find new ways to make them to make the game interesting, especially since Marker Eight introduced not only Antigraph but I forgot also 200cc. Which is just so fast and so crazy right. that is it feels like an F Zero game in every sense of the way, really. Because like in F Zero, the only thing missing when you're playing uh, Big Blue or you're playing Mute City on Marker Eight on two hundred CC, the only thing that it that it's missing that at least for me when I'm playing when I'm thinking of on F Zero or something, it's uh, uh, just the items really. Because Mario Kart 8 has the items that makes things a lot crazier than they normally are. But at 200cc, it kind of just feels like an F-Zero game until you finish the the, um, the line and you go like, oh, wait, I was playing as Mario. Right. This is Mario Kart. This is not F-Zero. Well, I think if if Neko did do that, uh, I think they should just make an F-Zero arcade game because that means like more money for that series. And... If it really works out well, maybe they can port it to the NX uh, when the system come out. Um, 
because I, I feel like with the F Zero series that it's a very niche title, and not many, a lot of people recognize it and know 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 it for its difficulty and for its racing and how challenging it is. But I don't know how well it sells itself to a lot of people. Like the first thing people notice about it, they would just be like, it, it looks fun and it looks cool when other people play it. But I have a fear that it's going to kick my tail and I'm not going to have fun if I try it. Well, yeah. So I think well, I, if, if you go back to um, the, the original and even F0X on the 64, um, they didn't have that, that punishing difficulty that mm-hmm. GX did. Really, GX is the game that, that created that perception just insanely punishing difficulty in that series. Um, beyond that, though, I, I'm curious um, if you really want to have Namco handle a new F-Zero, or would you like to see him go back to partnering with Sega, who did uh, GX? Namco has more experience than Sega does uh, when it comes to racers. Um, I, I love that, and I just go, oh. they did so good with GX. You know that that's that's proof enough to me that I would love to see them do it again. Um, hmm. well, that depends if Sega is willing to get back into um arcade business or even console business because um the way that Sega is going right about now, it would have to take a lot of work with Nintendo for that to actually happen. Where well, I think Nintendo feels more com- comfortable with Neko Bandai. Like, I don't think Nintendo is uh, comfortable working with Sega. Um, even though they're, you know, Sega makes money off of Nintendo platforms, I think actually working with Sega might be a little bit difficult and with Nintendo. And I think they'll probably feel better. Uh, business-wise, to work with Namco Bandai because of how well Smash sold, um, how Mario Kart in the arcade actually is still making money for uh, Nintendo and for Namco. Um, like, there's not... Uh, unless Sega's willing to do that, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's a really toying cost. Um, if Sega did do an F-Zero game... Um, they would have to give me a demo. I would literally have to play a demo of that. You have a demo. It's called F Zero GX. <laughs> <laughs> but GameCube is not like sure. you. <laughs> well, it's not like you're going to get it on Wii U, anyways. Well, yeah, true. Yeah, sadly. Which really, this brings up something I, I've I've always kind of scratched my head over for the last mm, ten years. Why on God's green earth did we never get an F-Zero on either the DS or the 3DS? I'm sitting here, I'm staring, I'm watching F-Zero GX play on my TV in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's a game where so many of these ships and the designs and the courses have this, you know, very angular, polygonal look to it. And it, it doesn't look bad. It, it fits. It looks right in this series, I, in this I, context. I, and that's something that, you know, could translate very easily, I would imagine, I, to... I, I can answer that. Um, Nintendo makes more money off of the Mario Kart series on D on handheld 
they make money off of the console versions, um, but they make more money off of um, off of the DS and uh, the 3DS. I don't think they'll make that much money off of F Zero for handheld. Um, F Zero is known is is known only to be on console. So for them to really try that now, I would say this: I would agree with you. If Sega did that, if Sega worked on a handheld uh, a handheld F Zero game for 3DS, I'm all for it because Sega makes money off of the 3DS with their Sonic games. Um, I think they will be successful if they did it for uh, a handheld. If they made uh, a, a F Zero game, you know, put it on the eShop to download. Bam! I will. I will buy that. Well, and F Zero does actually have a, a history on handheld. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Um, on the Game Boy Advance, there were two of them. As a matter of fact, uh, there was F Zero uh, Maximum Velocity. Which uh, very much harkened back to the Super Nintendo roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, four, I think, four ships or four racers, um, single player only, if I remember correctly. No, I don't no, no. It, uh, it did have Link Up, um, so you could do multiplayer. But it, it wasn't a bad game. As a matter of fact, um, for those that uh, got in on the Ambassador program, I believe Maximum Velocity was one of the games that uh, came with it. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what? It's actually interesting. Uh, Maximum Velocity, isn't it just like a remake of the Super Nintendo version? It's new courses. It's new ships. Um, it's it's not a port. I mean, it, it okay. plays like the Super Nintendo version, yes. Uh, okay. But, but it's, the concept it's was all new. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, no, but I, I just wanted to like, just say a quick story about it. Um, yeah, no, Maximum Velocity was, was just like a beautiful, beautiful, awesome game that came uh, very early on the Game Boy Advance life cycle. I'm even dare to say that it was a launch title for the Game Boy Advance, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I got, I didn't get my, my Game Boy Advance at launch. I, get it, I got it a bit later um, after that. However, uh, me, my cousin, uh, my two cousins, and my sister, we all got uh, the consoles at the same time. We were traveling through, um, through Florida back in the day, and <clears throat> I remember I got, which game did I get? Oh, I was so stupid. I only got Pokemon Crystal instead of getting a Game Boy Advance game because I just wanted to play like, Pokemon Crystal. But my cousin got F-Zero at uh, maximum velocity. And because we had the link cable, we were all playing with just one cartridge. I mean, it was just fantastic. It was, it was just beautiful. We were playing all the time until batteries died. It was, it was, it was just great. Oh, yeah. And uh, beyond that as well, um, you know, after Maximum Velocity, we also ended up with uh, GP Legend, which, again, played very much like the Super Nintendo uh, F-Zero. However, uh, GP Legend was much more extensive content-wise. Um, it, if I remember correctly, it tied into the, uh, the cartoon for F-Zero that was around at that time, however briefly that was. And uh, it had a plethora more uh, racers available. Um, there was a story mode to go with it that, again, tied into that uh, that cartoon series that was out. I think it was running on uh, the Fox uh, Kids Network at that point. Um, yeah, if it was a Nintendo, <laughs> it would have did. Yeah. So, 
And that, I actually, I really, really liked GP Legend. I enjoyed it so much. You know, I liked Maximum Velocity, but GP Legend just had so much more content and depth to it, you know, in that same Super Nintendo style. Um, it just, it was adorable. It was wonderful. So there, there is actually a history and a pedigree for F-Zero on handheld. Um, you know, and like I said, it just, it baffles me as to why it never happened on the DS or the 3DS, because it just, it felt like such a good fit. So here's uh, uh, some history about that anime. Um, F-Zero GP Legend is a 51-episode anime series by Ashi Productions based on the video game series. It debuted in Japan on October 7, 2003 on uh, V-Broadcast um, in uh, Tokyo. The final uh, episode aired on September 28, 2004. 4Kids uh, Entertainment licensed the anime series for uh, North America... Uh, and it was on the Fox channel, Fox Box channel, which is probably yeah. pretty much Fox. Um, but the thing about it is that 15 episodes of GP Legend aired on it uh, before it got canceled. Um, oh. So it kind of sucks. So there's a lot of it that we didn't get to see. But who knows? Probably on uh, YouTube, you could probably watch the whole series. But yeah. It's out there somewhere. That has to be that sucks. Uh, Fifteen episodes, crap. Yeah, but uh, no, um, but yeah, just uh, you know, F Zero though did did see a uh, a big jump in in its own evolution, uh, going just from its first game to its second. Though, you know, we went from that that flat mode seven. Um, on the Super Nintendo to when the uh, 64 came out, we got F-Zero X, and we, we saw it evolve very, very rapidly to where we had, you know, full-blown 3D models, these just tremendous, amazing roller coaster courses um, to play through. I, I remember being so enamored with it on the, the 64. The courses just blew my mind because suddenly, you know, there were, like, tunnels that I was riding inside of and you could you could feel the gravity playing on the uh, on the vehicle the centrifugal force you know trying to pull your your racer to the the outside uh, the far end of the tunnel um, and on top of that you know the the outside tunnels where you're actually you know riding on the outside of this cylinder and you can literally take a, a turn so hard that you can just fly off the course into, uh, you know, into the pit. Um, you know, it, I, I remember just as, uh, oh, God, I want to say I was in about middle school at the time, you know, just looking at it going, wow, this is the coolest shit ever. And then, you know, what, uh, 12, 13 years ago, uh, GX comes out, and it just took everything I loved about it and made it so much better. Um one of my favorite little details about GX was the fact that you could uh, flip onto bumper cam. And uh, not only was it just, you know, bumper cam to give you that that different perspective, but the, the little details of the fact that you could hear the ground roaring underneath you. It was amazing. It gave you the, the very distinct feel of being strapped to the front of one of these machines. In just this sickening, awesome way. 
Nice. Yeah, F-Zero. Oh, man, like, I, I miss F-Zero so much now that we're talking about it. <laughs> so, I, I really, I really want to just go and play F-Zero GX, which, again, I, I'm still fascinated by the fact that everybody thinks it's so hard, and I thought it was so easy. Probably it was because it was something new, um, and people, uh, there were just people who didn't understand um, the history of F-Zero, like the gameplay, um, and uh, people who didn't play the Super Nintendo version, like when it first started, probably wouldn't understand why GX and the, the like, sequels to these games have, like, have been popular, and why people sometimes, if they really want a challenging racing game, F-Zero was the one to go to. Yeah, and, you know, as far as GX being hard, the, the Grand Prix mode wasn't bad. The real brutality came in trying to play through the story mode. That's where it got gnarly. That's that's what I play. That's the, what I spend most of my time on. And, I again, I didn't think it was that hard. I mean, yeah, it was difficult at some points, but I still managed to do everything. So, what? Yeah. Well, one last thing to touch on with F-Zero before we, uh, we jump tracks here. Um, you know, <laughs> one of the things that, uh, yeah, I know, it was, mm. wah, wah. I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. feel a little it's bad for having funny. inadvertently made that joke. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> it was fantastic, man. But, uh, you know, one of the things that Fast Racing Neo has that I, I really, really like and it makes me just yearn for F Zero on a, an updated console now. Um, is the fact that, and especially they did it so well with Mario Kart as well. Um, dear God, online play! Bring yes. the online play. I agree. You know, um, you know, Fast Racing Neo, the the online multiplayer, very very smooth, really good, very enjoyable. Um, you know, when Nintendo brought out Mario Kart Eight and expanded the. Uh, the, the racer count on the track, you know, they, they still managed to uh, to lock it down and have this wonderfully smooth uh, multiplayer experience online, and mm-hmm. I would love to see that brought over to F-Zero. And, um, the, and the tournament stage for Mario Kart 8 is still going on. So think of it, if Nintendo opened, did an F-Zero and opened it up to, because there's like, let's say, uh, do a 16-person race for F-Zero online. My, 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 to me personally, my mind would be blown. Because it it really would challenge different players around the world. And it would make you want to get better so you could get number one. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's, that's something that always struck me. You know, as much as Mario Kart Online is you know still played and it's still very good mario kart is so much chance involved you know a game like f-zero is so so definitively skill based yes you know, there there is no lucking into a win you have to be better than everybody else exactly so, mm-hmm. and that's, it, that's good for it, competition and for people who don't understand i feel like mario kart is for the beginner or casual racer um, is very arcadey, really, get, really able to get into. It could be competitive if you want to make it, but you know you will have fun. Where um, 
where F zero is, you have got to practice. You have got to focus, and you have got to like hit every turn, hit every uh arrow, fast arrow, whatever uh, thing it is. Like you, you got to learn how to drift correctly. Like you have to be skilled and. If it came out as a $60 game, it would be worth it. They could put just 10 tracks in the game and do DLC later. You would have to study each and every track and get better. Because if you don't, if you think that you're just going to be able to play around and just have some fun, no, you're, you're going to get left in the dust. F-Zero pulls no punches. Like, F-Zero is the hardcore racer for anyone who is into racing games. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it is the the epitome of precision racing. You know, it, it the 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 name comes from the concept that it is the the future of Formula One racing, where it's mm-hmm. you know hardcore precision, and uh, it's it's a wonderful thing. If you've never experienced it, do so. Uh, GX is a little tough to get a hold of, but you know if if you've got a Wii or a, a Wii U. You know, you can easily get a hold of a copy of the original F Zero and uh, F Zero X. Um, I think it's also on 3DS. So uh, it might be on new Nintendo 3DS. That's that's very possible as well too. I'm not sure if that's hit uh, hit the eShop there yet, but um, can you can you get uh, F Zero GP on the Wii U too? Uh, Yes. Uh, no, no. I take that back. I think maximum velocity is out. GP, maybe. Mm. I'm going to go uh, quick search while you guys keep talking. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, let's let's get into the other big heavy hitter of the genre. Um, let's let's talk Wipeout. Um, where we're going to harken back to the uh, PlayStation One, where Wipeout was born, and. Uh, from Cygnosis uh, brought us the the Wipeout series, and that stayed native to the PlayStation yep. um, all throughout its life. All it so. took was the demo disc. If you if you first brought the uh, the I think it was three hundred dollars uh, at the time the PlayStation One when it came out. If you brought the system and you didn't have no game and you played the demo disc, you were going to play Wipeout over and over and over again. Like, not only is the music great in that game, but if you if you missed out on F Zero, Wipeout was the was the game to get, and it. Graphics didn't really matter to me at that time, and it still doesn't matter. It was just a fun racer. It would it, it felt so fast, and it's easier to get into than I think F Zero. Um, but it's still still to this very day, and I wish it came back. Um, it still holds up good. Like it made you really want to get the game when it came out for PlayStation One. Oh, absolutely! Wipeout. Wipeout was almost the the exact uh, flip side of the coin from F Zero. Um, aesthetically, it wasn't as uh, nearly as much to look at, uh, yes. but it had a very distinct art style. Um, beyond that, though, the uh, the ships were a lot more samey. Um, but more importantly, though, the how how it played and how it handled was um, 
just the the polar opposite of F Zero. F Zero was very fast, very pinpoint precision control, whereas Wipeout was um, a lot more about getting to really get a handle on the the very floaty controls of uh, futuristic racers. You know, it it played very heavily on the concept of the fact that there was no contact with the ground, and so, you know, you you didn't have traction so much, so you, you really had to understand how to drift through the turns mm-hmm. and uh, when to actually hit the brakes and, uh, you know, and how to really break into a turn in order to uh, keep your momentum and uh, not end up dead last every time. Yeah. Um, I sorry, I did a quick uh, search, and F Zero GP it is in fact on the Wii U Virtual Console for uh, six ninety nine. Excellent, go buy nice. it. It's worth seven bucks. Yeah, I, I think I might get it too. Actually, it was a ton of fun. Definitely worth the seven bucks. And so. at the fifteen dollars with Fast Racing Neo, do not forget that game. Spend the twenty two dollars or whatever on two of some really great futuristic games. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, Fast Racing Neo is one I, I would love to, uh, you, you both have it, don't you? Not yet. I haven't gotten it yet. I'm so, I apologize I, to everybody. I, I haven't got it yet. I don't think I got it just because the day it came out, I went to a friend's house, and I just bought it on his Wii U, and I forgot about it. <laughs> so we, we, just, we just, like, play a lot of it um, at his place, and every time I go, we... We play like a race or two, I, but I don't think I've bought it on my personal Wii U console, sadly. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know what? I'll ask him for the money. <laughs> Just hey, remember when I bought this game for you? Can I get it too? Right. Just, yeah. I just throw that out there. I will uh, be. I will be buying it. You guys. Yeah, I will be buying it so me and you can race Larry because uh, I know you got probably a better skill to me, skill than me, but once I learn it, it's on. <laughs> tell you, man, when you come visit in August, uh, that that's another one we're going to get down on if you don't have it already. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take a little time. We'll, we'll bust out some GX as well, though. Oh, I'm going to get murdered in that game. <laughs> Dude, not only that, we'll not only bust out GX, we'll flip it into 3D. <sighs> yes, yes. We'll play some GX in 3D. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, Wipeout um has been a very popular series uh to the PlayStation brand. Um, and still to this day, I think it just like all the games. They some people could say that it's been up and down, but I think Wipeout has always been consistent, and it has always been about. The speed, it always been about the tracks, and definitely for me, with Wipeout, it's always been the music. Like, it has to have that trance house pounding, not so much dubstep, but it had to really get you, uh, into the mood of racing, cause the music just fitted so well. And, it's not even pounding so much, it's more of a, a pulsating. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, does set the mood so well. Their choice of music to fit their aesthetic was spot on. Yeah, yeah my problem with uh, with Wipeout is just like I mentioned before, it's just a lack of personality. 
um, really hits me hard uh, whenever I play that game. Now, to be fair, I haven't played like all of them. I I played one on beta, and I think was there one on PSP. Yes. I think I played that. Yes, yeah, I, I played so. that one. That that one that one was well, I don't know. They, they were kind of fun, but again, they were not they were not really for me. I still miss F Zero. I still like F Zero a lot more, and maybe the comparison is just too hard, and I maybe just need to take step back and just enjoy the game for what it is. And, and I can understand. I think that's what Wipeout was. Just something to enjoy. Um, because if you wasn't playing Wipeout when it first came out, you had Ridge Racer. Yeah. <laughs> true. Very true. So. To be fair, as much as everybody makes fun of it, I still like me some Ridge Racer. Yeah, I still enjoy it too. <laughs> what was up that PlayStation 3 announcement? Ridge Racer! <laughs> And then nobody clap. <laughs> that was so funny. flat moments ever. Yeah, E3 is just full of weird moments like that. Uh, oh. But yeah, no, I, I actually, uh, Wipeout was one of the few games that really made me think about getting a PSP back in the day when those were uh, spanky new and I couldn't afford one. <laughs> that and uh, Lumines. But, um, no, it, it looked really good on the PSP, too. It looked, it was a good fit for it. It looked gorgeous on that nice, big, wide, you know, beautiful, bright color screen. Yes. Um, it just, it looked pretty, and it played pretty. Pretty. You know, it, it fit well, it translated well. Um, one of the low points, though, for the Wipeout series, actually, was when it hit the PS2. Um, and that, that might have been part of what did it in. Um, PS2 had a Wipeout Pure. No. Was it Pure? There, there was a Wipeout game on PS2, and I remember playing it thinking, this is just not good comparatively. And it was okay, but it just didn't hold up the same as the uh, the first uh, few on the PlayStation 1. And I, I wonder if that's not part of what did in the uh, the series. Because Wipeout hasn't been seen since... Um, I think Pure was the, uh, the PSP uh, Wipeout. I think that was the last one that they put out, if I remember correctly. Um, um, I'm not sure. But... It's it's a shame that 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 series again, much like F Zero, just disappeared off the map. You know, actually, Wipeout Create and Crash was the last one because that came out October fifteenth of two thousand and thirteen. What was that? Wipeout Create and Crash. I don't uh, remember. That. Yeah, October fifteenth, two thousand and thirteen. Oh. That was the last one. Um, Weird. Yeah, because the Wipeout series was owned by uh, actually Activision, so uh, they're the ones that published it. Two of the games, uh, Wipeout in the Zone, was published by Behavior Interactive, and uh, Wipeout Create and Crash was uh, was done by Behavior Interactive. Are you sure you're not talking about the uh, the Wipeout? Like, you know, absolute- I hope not. I, that, that's that's kind of what it sounds oh, like. Oh, you know what it is. Sorry, 
That's the game <laughs> show one. I was looking because it said U.S. It said U.S. video game. It said any various video game, uh, but it says based on the show, which is weird. So apologize to that, everybody. Just ignore that. Do 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 do. Keep it walking. However, however, uh, just a quick side note: uh, Wipeout the game show. It's actually pretty fun. It is. Oh, I enjoy watching the show so much. Okay, so here we go. Um. Wipeout 2048 was PlayStation Vita. Um, Wipeout HD was uh, was PlayStation 3. Wipeout Pulse was uh, PlayStation uh, was PSP and PS2. Um, Wipeout Fusion was the last uh, was on PlayStation 2. But uh, I think Wipeout Pulse was on PlayStation was the last one on PlayStation 2. So that's what it was. Yeah, Fusion was not so good. And I think that's where things may have started to derail. You know, I they I remember uh, uh, the the one on PSP being really good, and I, I wonder if just that that game had that series had uh, worn out its welcome when it it released Fusion on the PS2, and it was just not not good, which is really kind of a shame. But ooh, this is new. Uh, Sony Liverpool have been working on a wipeout game for the upcoming PlayStation 4 console when the studio was closed on August 22nd, 2012. Lame. Lame. That is very disappointing. No. But no, um, like I said, wipeout though, for, for what, for all it was worth, the, the PS1 was really the golden era of that series. Um, you know, three games on one console generation for for that series, and they were all fantastic. They all just kept getting better, you know. Um, again, it wasn't so much precision, but it did have a, a certain need to learn how to finesse the controls. Mm-hmm. Um it really did take its own certain set of skills to master and you know the the aesthetic on that game was very different um, from what F-Zero was pushing but it was still good all the same it was just um, it was a little more flat almost cell shaded ish Um, but like, like Eddie touched on oh my god the music just put you in that happy place for it Oh, so such good. Um, a <laughs> game title and I want to kind of bring up side title was the Star Wars Racing. That was kind of based uh, off of uh, I think was it for Episode One? I think yeah, it was. on Pod Racer. Yes, yeah, Pod Racer. Yes, yes, and more. Yes. Why? That game is good. On Virtual Console. I need to be able to download this somewhere, please. Yeah, I remember playing it, it on, on PS4, PS4. Mm-hmm. It is on PS4, I think. Is it really? I think so, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. Um, Disney, Disney released, um, like, this... I don't know how they call it, but I'm just going to call it, like, Legacy Pack or whatever, which has a bunch of really old-school um, Star Wars games uh, available for digital download. You know what's even funnier? Like, Super Star Wars, it's there. <laughs> the uh, some Nintendo one, yeah, and that game is automatic garbage. 
<laughs> oh, I cannot stand that game. I couldn't get past the the hit detection is horrible on that. I'm sorry, Adrian. I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. Futuristic racers. I'm gonna stay yes. on topic. Stay on topic. Yes. Uh, but no episode. Uh, yeah, episode one. Um, racer. I refer, was that the name? I forgot the actual name of the Pod one. Racer. Pod racer. Star Wars episode one. Pod racer. Really? I, I didn't know I had the pot in there, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that game was good. Me and my friends, we uh, we played it a lot on the N64. However, we also had a copy of F-Zero X, and that always took the win for us at the end of the day. <laughs> yes! Like, it was like, I don't know why we were so into racing games back then, but it was, we were always switching between... Uh, those two on uh, Mario Kart 64, of course. Oh, no. And I think I had a copy of Diddy Kong Racing, so it was actually four games. Uh, we were always switching between those. And, you know, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get some, like, story mode on Diddy Kong Racing, then go on some battle mode on uh, Mario Kart 64, and then play some, like, quick races on uh, Star Wars Racer. And then and we always ended up playing F-Zero X, though, and it was just fantastic. <laughs> Good times, good times for sure. Yeah, no, um, Pod Racer was great. I loved, loved Pod Racer on the sixty four. Yeah, um, I had, so I had a, a blast with that game. We've got a uh, an arcade local here, and I believe they've still got a, a couple of Pod Racer arcade machines, if I remember right. Oh, That's I forgot all about that. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'll have to check and see if it's still there, and if it is, uh, when you're here, Eddie will go. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, Pod Racer was great. You know, you could play as Anakin and you could play as the Bulba, and then you could play as all the other characters from Pod Racing in that one scene in Star Wars Episode One that nobody fucking remembers. But oh. you know, there, there were options, and the courses were great too. The courses yes. were very well done. So, you know, granted there was only one course in the film, but they expanded on it very competently for the game, and they they took a one scene from a movie and stretched it into a full competent racing game and you know and did it very well and that's that's a hard thing to do the controls um, work the controls were like really easy in that game yeah. absolutely it, it was very easy to understand the concept you know it it was not hard to really grasp and just go with um and that, that was a wonderful thing, um, you know. But uh, unfortunately, the Pod Racer was kind of a one-off, and there, there's been a few other one-offs in the futuristic racing genre as well. Um, though I may have to bite my tongue for a minute because I think there may have been a sequel to Pod Racer somewhere that just kind of showed up and nobody noticed. But I'll have to, I'd, I'd have to look into that. I, I have a vague recollection that there was something, but I. I might be hallucinating that. Um, uh, uh, me? No, yes, was. Oh, go ahead. It was a follow-up. It was on PS2. I remember this. <laughs> there was a second pod racing game. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Where? Yes. I remember this now. Um, son of a bitch. Let me look this up real quick. Um, but I remember that there was a, another uh, pod racing game that came out in the, uh, the PS2 and Xbox era, um, and it, it did not do well. Um, it just didn't stack up to what 
what was released on the 64. Was it after so, that terrible fighting game that came for Star Wars? I think so. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, why are you looking that up? Uh, George from Cyber's Cake uh, Podcast, me and him, was having a discussion. Uh, and I talked talk to him about futuristic racists. And he brought up Extreme G. Uh, and I was just like, oh my goodness, I forgot all about that game. And I never got a chance to play Extreme G. Uh, but he was just like, the fun that he had with that game. I was just, and I might have to hunt me a copy and play it. Uh, Extreme G is like, kind of like a motorcycle game in a futuristic races. And it looks really fun and really nice. We were just talking about that and I'm like, wow. Um, I also wonder, uh, and this is might go be going to my old school roots. Uh, there's a game called Outrun by Sega, and it never went futuristic. And I always wonder why. I wonder if they could have took the Outright Outrun franchise and made it futuristic. Sega, why you didn't do that? Why? I, I remember Outrun as being a very kind of uh, racing down the the beach uh, type game. Yeah, you know that very California racer. I, I don't know if that would have ever been a fit. Um, Here is uh, there was uh, Star Wars Racer Revenge on the PlayStation Two. Really? Oh goodness, yeah. that sounds so generic. It does, doesn't it? Mm. It wasn't great. It didn't sell well. That's that. Well, I, I don't know if it was just their generic, but it was probably the fact that it wasn't the uh, just a PS Two, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was probably the reason why I've never even heard of it. I'm, I I didn't grow up with the PS2, and I was never really a fan of it. Uh, can we count Sonic R as a futuristic racer since it was kind of fast? I I really don't know. Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that fast. It okay. Tonto with Mario Kart or Diddy Kong Racing. It, it, it's good. It's just not fast. Yeah, I actually, I quite liked Sonic R back in the day. That that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. So, um, but yeah, there there was uh, Extreme G went for I believe about four four installments, um, and I believe the last one landed on the the Xbox, the PS2, and the GameCube all actually. Um, but yeah, there there was uh, Extreme G uh, one, two, and three. And then uh, came the the last installment in that series was XGRA, um, all of which, like like you said, it was very much a futuristic motorcycle racing game. It was kind of like the F Zero with with motorcycles, except your your racers were actually people that were just like holding on to wheels. Yeah, I remember seeing it when the PS Two first came out, going, "The hell is this?" But it's really cool, and I want to play more of it. So, um, the the controls on that series were a little tough to get a handle on. They never felt quite right to me, and maybe it was just me. And d- despite this, I still loved playing it. I just never could quite wrap my brain around what it was getting at. Um, the The courses were great fun. They were well designed. Um, much like Wipeout, the music was very on point for... Uh, for the Extreme G series as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and aesthetically, it, it had the right look for a futuristic racer. It really did. You know, lots of black and neon and, yeah, 
unfortunately, I, I think Extreme G almost came off as too generic for its own good. I think it fit the epitome of the genre too well um, in, in regards to its aesthetic. That I, I think that it just looked so on point that nobody cared because it didn't have anything that really made it stand out from anything else. Which is really kind of a shame, because like I said, it, it wasn't a bad game by any stretch. It was a really good series, you know, and this is coming from somebody that, you know, fucking sucks at it. I'm terrible <laughs> at those games. I'm awful, but I still love to play them. Yeah, they're, they're just very enjoyable. That's the that's the whole theme behind them. Um, again, I, I don't know why, like, GX was kind of like a weird for me, but I, yeah, I don't know. I like I like those games, too. Oh yeah. Um, beyond that, though, there were um, there were a couple of other one-offs um, in the uh, in the genre. Um, I, I do distinctly remember uh, back on the GameCube because I had to fight to get my hands on a copy of it back when I worked at the game shop many moons ago. Um, again, a little generic, but it, it was still kind of a decent fix at the time. There was a game called Tube Slider. Oh, it, I remember it, that game. Yeah. So, oh, not wow. a real big uh, print run, but like, like I said, it, it wasn't anything to really write home about, but it was a decent supplemental fix to F-Zero um, on the GameCube at the time, and I had, little did I realize, you know, that that would probably be the last uh, big future racer, you know, to, to come out for a long, long while um, that really had that look and feel of uh, F-Zero. Um, the, the controls were just a tidge sloppier. Um, the, the courses were not bad, but uh, unlike F-Zero, the, as the name implies, um, it was very much about riding inside those uh, those cylinder courses where you had full 360, uh, you know, course to mm-hmm. play around on as opposed to a flat course, which had its own uniqueness to it. Um, but it, uh, it lacked anything that really made it special, unfortunately. It was one um, of those, like, B-rated, C-rated games that... You know, when a AAA game didn't come out, or you couldn't afford it, there would be like kind of like a budget title from like a lower developer. And sometimes the quality is not satisfying, but it is a game, and you might end up getting some uh, enjoyment out of it because uh, I don't think it had a, a big print run. Like no, I, I believe that game just came out of nowhere. Like I didn't even see no advertisement or anything about that game. It was just like, oh, that's on the shelf. Okay. Yep, that was pretty much exactly how it happened. Um, that, like you said, not a bad game, and I, I find myself now thinking about trying to find a copy of it. Truthfully, um, as much as I shouldn't, <laughs> but uh, beyond that. Um, on the Wii, there was actually a, uh, if you were looking to get your, uh, your F-Zero style fix, there was one game that came out on the Wii that kind of had the feel, and it, it wasn't bad. 
Um, despite the fact, I honestly thought that if anyone ever tried to do, if Nintendo ever tried to do F-Zero on the Wii, if they did it with motion controls, I would probably throttle somebody to death. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that game needs more precision than motion controls would ever lend it. Um, however, I, I did get my hands on a good sampling that played very well, even with motion controls, and that was uh, Speed Racer, the game, on the Wii. So, Wii. think back to when the movie Speed Racer came out, and oh, there was okay. a game. <laughs> yeah. There's um, another one, though, because I thought you was going to talk about the Excite Bike one. That came on Wii. You know, I... I... Oh! Sorry, I finally... It was taking me a while to remember which game you were talking about. I think I did play the Speed Racer game on the Wii. I mean, I think I remember liking it too, though. Yeah! Like, for a movie game? Shockingly yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, 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 it was pretty good. Because, like, they, they didn't... I, I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because this was... Again, many years ago, and like it was—it's just a faint memory in my brain right now. But I think they didn't really try to like tie it into the movie too much. It was just—it was just like a racing game with the license, right? That's all it was, and it was great for that fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I remember now. Yeah, that game was awesome. Yeah. It's, okay, Larry. Really yeah, okay, Larry. So I thought where he was going to go besides Speed Racer, uh, Excite Bots Trick Racing. Ah, that was on the Wii. That's what that's how I thought you was going. But when you said Speed Race, I'm like, oh my goodness, I completely forgot all about that game. Oh yes, yes, and like I said, I just I, I played it. I'm like, this this gives me a little bit of hope that if we get F Zero on the Wii, you know, that motion controls could be okay because it actually worked really well on there. I, I had a great time with it. And then it just never came, and um, I was left going, what happened? Because eventually the Wii finally came and went, and there was, there was no sign of my, of my game, you know? I'm like, we've had one for the past three console generations. Just one per, and that's fine. I was perfectly happy with that. But then there wasn't any, and I thought, okay. You know, maybe we'll see it show up on a handheld, and maybe we'll see it show up on the next console. And here we are, you know, coming to the end of the next console. And dear Lord, you know, over the course of two handhelds, no love in sight, and uh, it just it, it saddens me. But you know, there was a, there was a little shining beacon of hope, and that somebody made it work with these motion controls that I honestly thought would never work for something like this. It just demands this kind of precision. And um, I thought, you know, somebody gave you the model to how to do it, even. All you got to do is follow it. And they didn't. But it, it gave me a little glimmer of hope that somebody did it so well and made something so enjoyable. Yeah. With, so, yeah, they, there was a great game in there for those looking to get their fix, and it, it was Speed Racer. Of all the weird things, I'm just like, that's so strange. Go speed racer, go speed racer, go speed oh, racer, go. Oh, I used to watch that on MTV at night. <laughs> go speed racer and don't come back until you bring me a new F Zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need. We probably need a new game. So, but yeah, 
you know, there, there were little beacons of hope that, you know, one of these two big heavy hitter series of the genre would, you know, come back because, you know, somebody did, did one and did it well and, you know, it didn't sell well, but I kind of understand why Speed Racer didn't sell well. You see it and you go, oh, it's a fucking movie game and you don't touch it just because, you know, conditioning has told us you don't buy movie games because they're all terrible. But, you know, you, you could probably go out and find it on Amazon for a couple dollars mm-hmm. and totally, totally get some love out of it. Um, I, I would recommend it highly. It was good fun. Uh, you know what? I actually I think I've seen it at uh, EV Games here a couple of times. So you know what? If I find it for like fifteen bucks or so, I may pick it up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and likely you'll probably see it for less than fifteen bucks. You know, you'll probably see it for four or five dollars somewhere. Right. Uh, Maybe yeah. Holy shit! What? So I'm looking up Tube Slider on uh, on Amazon here. And they want thirty bucks for it. Um, no. Damn. Like really? That might be an actual new copy. I'll wait for the Midwest Gaming Classic for next year. Go and see what they have to offer. Because sometimes they have like racing games that like really nobody really talks about or don't care, and they'll only be like maybe ten or seven dollars. So if I see a copy, I'll make sure to pick one up. All right, thirty bucks for an actual new sealed copy. I, I'm almost okay with that. Yeah. Like, you can find some other copies of Tube Slider on Amazon for like four or five bucks. Um, but yeah, uh, also uh, one other in there um, that again very under the radar and didn't do well, but I, I vaguely remember playing bits of it. Going, this is not great either. Was um, what the hell was it? Hypersonic Racer. It was very, very generic, and nothing about it stood out to me in the least, other than the fact that it wasn't fun either. Um, yeah, that's one of those better left buried and dead. Um, we call them bargain bins, everybody. Uh huh. But yeah, it's so there. There have been a few nuggets, you know, here and there to to try and get us through while the. Uh, the two big shining beacons of futuristic racers have gone tragically dormant. Um, but unfortunately, they're very few and far between. Um, and we, we can't round this out without talking about the last beacon of hope that we got, uh, you know, most recently, um, Fast Racing Neo. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I, 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 I don't know how well um, Fast Racing Neo did on the... On the Wii U, I mean, it probably sold well, considering, like, people just wanted a new F-Zero game, and uh, and they just wanted, you know, on the Wii U specifically, sometimes there's like, big gaps between major titles, and I think if, if Fast Racing Neo came just between some of those gaps, so I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people picked it up. Um, I oh. just hope that that company is working... On a sequel or like or something else around the same lines, because I want to see now. Like after talking so much about this and 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 you know remembering uh, GX so fondly, and uh, now remembering as well the Speed Racer game on Wii. I, like 
I just want I just want a new game. I just want something new too. Mm-hmm. Well, fast racing Neo, it was uh, actually a middle finger to that one company who was supposed to release a racing game for Wii U. That was like it was like a Kickstarter game, and they kept delaying the Wii U version because they couldn't get the rain effects and all this craziness out. So when the game actually came out for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, it had so many problems. It like really didn't nobody care. So when Fast Racing Neo came out, it so it, it really I think believe it so well. And people was talking about how good it was. Uh, and that of course the game is gonna always have her problems. But I'm like it was an indie title, and that uh, uh that t- that Fast Racing Neo kind of just made up for what was missing that. Uh, futuristic racing uh, lovers were missing. It was giving them that fix. You know, once you hear, if you a person who loves the F Zero series, if you hear anything that's related to it, and you see that, okay, I see where it's going with the F Zero name and how it does. I'm probably gonna be interested in playing it. And then if you play it and it feels like F Zero to you, you're hooked. And that's just because of word of mouth game that you tell people that, hey, you need to really pick this title up because it's worth the purchase. It's worth playing. But yeah, it was a big F you to that, uh, to the other racing game that came out, uh, because they just canceled the Wii U version because they couldn't, they said they couldn't get it 60 frames per second and they couldn't get the weather and stuff. Well, shoot, your game was broken on the other two systems and it was a Kickstarter game at that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Neo nailed all of that. Um, really, in the reviews too, you know, it reviewed so well that mostly the only complaint that anybody ever had about it in the reviews is we just want more content. But you know, we only paid fifteen bucks for it, so we're going to show up and not bitch and just hope we get another one. Mm, pretty so, much, and people are still buying the game and playing it. Oh, and, and as they should. You know, my, my only word of warning or word to the wise is, you know, if you're going into Fast Racing Neo, you know, looking for your F-Zero fix, be forewarned. While, yes, they, they build it as the spiritual successor to Fast Racing Neo or to uh, F-Zero because, you know, they, they brought over the announcer. Um, be, be aware, know to expect that it's going to feel more like and look more like Wipeout. Than mm-hmm. F Zero, totally yeah. You know, you you've got the the very long, slender, you know, fork machines, and um, on top of that, the controls, the it feels much more floaty, uh, like Wipeout did, than it really felt. You know, that very on point precision that uh, F Zero had. So and, and you know, don't, don't something into it. It doesn't make it a bad game. Just uh, maybe. Uh, Misrepresented just a little bit, and, but you know what, Larry? Having that wipe out, uh, sorry, having that wipe out connection to it, shoot, that still sells me because it's a good title. Absolutely. So, um, but but that being said, uh, I think we've kind of uh, you know made our final lap on this. We've we've covered most yeah. of it's out there. I know another terrible joke. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, final, uh, you know, final roundup. Um, Eddie, where can we find you online? 
You guys can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, and on Google Play and anomalousradionetwork.powerbean.com. I host the show called Optional Opinion, um, where you can subscribe, where I talk uh, random things about video games. You can follow me on Twitter at ThatRetrocode, T-H-A-T-R-E-T-R-O-C-O-D-E. Um, and you can friend me on Facebook under Everarnell. You can also join our World One One Podcast uh, Facebook page. Um, come talk to us about video games. Um, uh, when this episode releases, you will also get a discussion about Skyward Sword from The Legend of Zelda, featuring my special guest, George, um, from the Simon Cake uh, podcast. So do check that out. Also, we are, we want to hear from you guys. You can email the show at, uh, world11podcast at gmail.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-1-1 uh, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com Right on and Adrian pimp your shit right, You guys can find me online on Twitter at uh, Bahox that's B-O-J-O-X set or C for my American friends um, Yeah you can find me online there if you want to just have a conversation of course again in the Facebook page we're always there um, ready to talk if you want to Discuss any video game goodness or any type of goodness, really, just nothing bad because I don't like sad stuff. Um, yeah, just check out uh, the NBC Video Game Book Club. We're wrapping up on uh, Codename Steam. And if my memory serves me right, although I haven't announced it there, uh, Paper Mario won for the N64 uh, month of July. I'm just going to do a quick check, but I think. I think that was the, last, the latest poll results. Uh, yes, and it won by a big, big difference. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to be uh, playing that next. Uh, of course, go to thefirstmachine.com so you can check what we're up to, Game Tuna Cycle. Finally, and now I can say this with super certainty, it is finally coming out. Probably by the time you're hearing this, it's out. So go on iTunes and, not I, well, yes, no, on the App Store. And Google Play, download it, play it, and then uh, hate me because I make crappy games or something. I don't know. No, you work tell hard. Me if it's crappy or not. You work hard to make good games. You're a developer. Always believe in your product. If you have to defend it, defend <laughs> it. But always be happy that you were able to the pour out the things that you love and you show it through, show your passion through your work. Yeah, no, you told it right. So, um, yeah, so that's that's happening uh, very soon. Uh, and uh, I didn't go to an event uh, that we're having today, uh, the Classic Video Game Championship that happened here in the city now over the weekend. I was busy yesterday with the wedding, and I was just feeling too sick today to go to such event. But uh, we made it to the local news. Tuna uh, Cycle was shown just briefly on uh, the 6 p.m. news. Uh, so that was really exciting, seeing my, the game that I've been working on for a while just shown on TV. I, it, it's, just, it's just a fantastic feeling. So, uh, yeah, just, cool. just go to thefirstmachine.com and uh, check it out. Nice. And one last thing before we end the show. Next week, we are having our Smash Brothers discussion. So, the thing is, and you guys can email the show at, my, at world11podcast at gmail.com. 
you have 36 characters uh, to make a Smash Arcade game with Nintendo. So, because four characters are already taken out, Mario, Luigi, Princess, and Bowser, you have 32 characters to come up with. Now, you could choose any video game title that you want, but you have to have four characters from that one title. We will be having that discussion next week, so I can't wait to hear everybody's list. Uh, it's going to be a really good discussion. So, um, if you have a virtual list, email us so we can read your list on the show. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. And uh, I am out there on Facebook. Um, quick uh, quick request. We're trying to get an idea of, you know, just who out there is uh, listening. Um, if you're listening, do us a favor. Just, you know, drop a line and say, hey, I'm here out on the uh, out on the Facebook page. Just so we kind of have an idea of, you know, what and who's out there and who we're reaching. Um, beyond that, uh, I think I'm finally going to get around to dropping my, my friend code information up on uh, on the Facebook page. And maybe we can get some uh, some Fast Racing Neo going. Um, yes, that was lovely. So, uh, that being said, um, so hopefully you'll be able to find me out on the Wii U. And over on Xbox Live, Megatron0016. Um, on Facebook, Larry is always right giver. Uh, that's it for us for this week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. It's gone by just so fast. Breakneck speed. <laughs> so, uh, we, we look forward to seeing you, uh, talking to you guys next week as well. Um, and that's it for us. Peace. Bye. Bye.